0: Have you heard me talk about GapArborSupply.com? That's not much of a surprise because, well, first off, they're one of my sponsors. But do you know how they became one of my sponsors? You might think they called me up and said, hey, we'll pay you to put our name on your podcast or website or whatnot. Well, that's not how it happened at all. I actually found out about GapArborSupply.com through some of the climbers that I follow on Instagram. And one day, ZigZagMan said that they were having a deal, so I chose to give them a go. Man, am I happy that I did. I bought from them and was super impressed with their customer service, the pricing, and all the benefits you get from the other companies out there, really. What did I get? Well, I got two-day free shipping on orders over $100. I got very competitive pricing. I found that when I called and talked to both Ray and Kyle, they knew exactly what I was looking for. They understood terms that were common in the industry, and on top of all of that, they had experience from talking to local climbers about what it was that was working, wasn't working, what might fit my style, and what might not. They understand small tree service companies as well as large ones. So if you're looking for a supplier that understands you and knows how to help you, give gaparborasupply.com a go. If you don't find what you're looking for on their website, don't sweat it. Give them a call. They might have it in store. It just may not be listed yet on their site. You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past, and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now, though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start that's anchor.fm/start and join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm/start. So, hey everybody, welcome back to my Elevated Office Podcast. Um, I am doing this episode live just because it's something different. Lots of people are locked down and lots of people going stir crazy and we have some unique time. So I just figured I'd do something a little bit different and we would go over some tree rigging, uh, rope handling content for, well, everybody really, but really it's going to be a little bit more focused toward the groundies and stuff. So if you're a climber or if you're a bucket operator, don't dismiss this very quickly Not because I don't think you know a lot of information, you do, but it helps us to be refreshed as climbers to be able to teach, really, rope handling, right? Because sometimes, I was once told, and I believe it wholeheartedly, sometimes we forget what we didn't know. So when you're in an industry long enough or around anything, tools or whatever long enough, you tend to... Be so familiar with them that you can kind of forget what you didn't know. So some of the basic things that we asked questions about or were doubtful about originally, they they are just so ingrained in us. We expect new people to know that and they don't. So um, I find that to be the case a lot with rigging. Certain super basic things um, climbers expect a guy on the ropes to do. And then, all of a sudden, uh, they make a mistake and he gets really upset, but he never explained to them what was required of them or basic things that seem like they should have known, but because they've never maybe been around the industry or whatnot, that they, they just had no idea about. So, um, that's, uh, hey, Robert Poe, good, I'm glad to know that you guys are still working, so I'm, I'm still working a little bit too. Um, this episode will have interruptions where I'm responding to the live guys on Instagram. Um, I appreciate everybody coming over and staying and watching. Um, please share this with others. Uh, if you can share it with groups or whatnot, that would be good as well. And I'll try to answer any questions that might come up as, as this goes on. Um, so as we continue to go over this topic, I would like to first off make it mention or make mention that Martin or um Tree Man 0311 is the one who mentioned this topic to me, said that it would be a good topic for the podcast. So, thank you, Martin. I agree with you. It is there's so many topics I could cover that sometimes it gets hard to know what to cover for you guys, and that can be a challenge. So, when you guys make recommendations, It really, really helps me out. So today, as a uh, gear review, because I've been asked to start doing the gear reviews again at the beginning of the podcast, um, which I had kind of gotten away from, I am going to review for you guys the Stein RCW 3001. Okay, And this is with the winch. It's the bollard and the winch assembly together. I just got this thing. Uh, so, in all fairness, this is definitely a step down from like a Harkin winch or a GRCS or something like that. That have these really expensive internal bollard winches. Those things are super expensive. They're very difficult to... Uh, to justify the price when you're getting started, and some a lot of companies do have them, but a lot of companies do not. So, um, in my case, it was hard to to justify that that cost of what is it like twenty five hundred dollars or something for a GRCS or a Harkin winch or one of those. Um, GRCS is the Good Rigging Control System. It's just the acronym acronym for their name. And um, I've actually never used one, so I can't say much about it, but I've heard great things about it. And that's um, something to keep in mind. Now, the Stein RCW-3001 is the idea from Reg Coats that is a more affordable option in comparison to like the gr the GRCS or one of the Harkin style winches. And it's a little bit more cumbersome for sure. Definitely not as refined as the GRCS is. But it's also less than half the price. So that is something that... Hey Robert, thanks for stopping by and watching it's definitely something to keep in mind if your company's on a budget or if you just don't find that you have a ton of really intensive lifting uh, situations out here where I'm at you do get a lot of branches that are fairly sizable over homes from like old plains cottonwoods uh, elm trees willows different things and especially like the willows they're not so heavy But they're very, very spindly on the end, so you can't get out easily. And there's no real good high rigging point. So like the Stein uh, 3001 comes in handy because you can put an angled face cut on the bottom edge of a branch or on top of a branch. You can use a pole saw, wrap the tip of it, and lift it up back out of the way and get it off the house. And especially if you use like a butt tie on a strap or something like that it'll help that branch stay where it needs to be, right? So that's um, that's something good to think about. And there is a lot that can be done with the Stein 3001. Now, what do I think of it? Well, it has its pros and cons for sure. So I want to say that it's right around $1,100 if you buy the winch and the bollard. And that's just a single bollard. They also, Stein also makes a double bollard. Uh, unit where you can run two ropes and different things off the same block or mount plate that mounts to the tree. And that's helpful. But the fact of the matter is, is that all of these winch styles, whether it's a GRCS or the Stein or one of the other ones, they're very heavy. It's kind of hard to set up by yourself. So know that it's basically going to be a mandatory two-person system. Can you do it by yourself? Yes, you can. But practically you're going to want to do it you know with two people. Also, know that with the Harkin winch you can angle the you can put the unit off to a side and have the rope at a, a sharper angle to a block and then whatever so you don't have to have it specifically on the same tree that you're working whereas a Stein 3001, the RCW 3001 because of the opening plate on top, the rope has to basically go straight up. And it's not conducive to putting the unit in the winch on a different tree away because of where just the way it's set up it pretty much needs to be on the trunk that you're working off of so that's um that's something to keep in mind so while it is almost half the price as the GRCS it is definitely going to have its limitations the other thing is is that a Harkin winch or a GRCS you can do the crank, and as long as the rope can stay stable on the bollard, then you can basically keep doing the rope. The problem with the Stein in comparison, or the con to that, is that the Stein has a strap that goes up. Hi, Taylor Or, Tyler. Sorry, man. Thanks for stopping by and checking out what's going on. Um, but you can... You have to put a Prusik cord in the strap from the 3001 winch and push it up as high as you can, basically. Crank it down, and then you have to lock off the rope on the bollard on the Stein RCW 3001. And then you have to push the Prusik back up, and then you have to crank it back down. So it takes more effort, it takes more time, and there's a little. it's a little less convenient, for sure. The other thing you have to think about is how much weight is on The rope, when you're cranking and you're pulling something over and it breaks free, how much of a jar will that Prusik cord get when it's loaded statically, instantly, or dynamically, I mean. Um, So, whereas the Harkin is built to withstand that kind of stuff, so GRCSs and things, they do well with that, the Stein may or may not, depending on how heavy that chunk of wood is coming off, and when it has that free fall and then catches What's that prussic cord going to do, or what's the rope going to do with that prussic cord um, cinched around it? So keep that in mind. Um, you know, it's definitely something that makes the stein a little less convenient, a little bit more cumbersome to work, because you're constantly feeding rope through the, um, that you're winching down and having to adjust it on the bollard and then lock it off and feed it some more and then lock it off. Whereas the Harkin or the GRCS style winches, you wouldn't have to do that. It would just do it on its own. So, um, pros to the Stein 3001 or RCW 3001. First off, they are that it's less expensive and you get a decent product. The finish on the um, Stein RCW 3001 is good enough. But it's, uh, you know, that's one of the cons. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, it can lift up to 3,000 pounds, but you have to put the Prusik on a, um, a little micro pulley, like maybe a DMM a Pinto or something, and hook it off to get to 3,000 pounds. If not, it's only 1,500 pounds approximately. And then um, the other thing is it can help you to lift pieces of wood or branches or something like that that you wouldn't otherwise easily be able to do. So there are some definite pros to this system. I have a video coming out about this pretty soon, and um, there there will be a video on it here in the near future. Now, cons to it definitely are that it is heavy, takes usually it takes about two people to put it on. The um, price is still fairly expensive. I think it's like eleven hundred bucks for the the unit, um, and then the finish of it. It's definitely not a Harkin or a GRCS. It's, it's not super refined. Um, does it work? Yeah, it, it's, it's decent, but it's definitely not super refined. Um, I don't think it'll break anytime soon. It's just, I don't know, not refined. So if you like that kind of stuff, go with the more expensive units for sure. So that's our review of equipment. The Stein 3001, uh, RCW 3001 with the winch. Good enough definitely gets the job done less convenient and it's fairly heavy to work with in it oh another con is that the rope has to be exactly vertical coming out of the unit so you'll have to always put a redirect or something at least a few feet above it if you want it to go into another tree so keep that in mind whereas the grcs you wouldn't have to do that so okay that's that for the tool review Now, let's get into rope handling for groundies, groundsmen, grounds people, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've got a list of things that Martin, or Tree Man 0311, and I spoke about, and we're going to go over some of those. And one of them for sure is that there needs to be some basic understanding from the side of the grounds person. So... Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Um, I, I think in small tree service companies, it's a tendency to try to push any groundsman you have into the position, and I understand why. It's hard to find employees sometimes, or maybe you can't afford to have multiple groundsmen as your employees. Problem with that is, Not all people are qualified in their abilities to be rope handlers or rigging, you know, rope rigging techs, in my opinion. Um, Some people just don't have the alertness for it, and some people just can't react fast enough. So that's something to do, is to first off, before you even put a person in that position, make sure that they have some kind of qualifications that prove they can be a quality rope handler right second off is as I mentioned before uh, make sure that you go over the most basic things even if they know it go over it with them before you start dropping pieces while they're managing the rope so um, what do grounds people really need to kind of consider well they need to learn how to read the climber or the bucket operator for sure And they need to learn how to pre-think what they're going to experience. So, can they kind of foretell what the climber is going to rig, tie, and do next? Or are they always like five steps behind the climber? If they are, they need to really reconsider being a ropeman. Because part of an efficient rope um, handler is somebody who can discern what the the climber bucket operator is doing and what that potentially is going to do in in reaction to what's happening right thanks for the like I really appreciate it so keep that in mind as well the they need to be able to learn how to read friction conditions for sure if you can't, Read friction conditions. You really shouldn't be a rope handler, without a doubt. Um, the the thing about it is is that you know friction is a huge part of all of this. You have to know how much friction the rope can handle for the sheathing and and where it's going to start to deteriorate and fall apart. You also have to know how much force you need on the rope through a friction break or whatever it might be and if you can't start to learn how to read some of that stuff you can cause major major situations that could be potentially deadly and if not deadly at least um, hazardous for both the work at height operator whether it be the climber or the bucket operator and for you and others on the ground. Also, there's a high potential of property damage at that point. So, learning how to read friction conditions. And so, what are friction conditions then? Well, friction conditions are based on a number of factors. What is the rope running through? So, is it running, hey Joe, thanks for checking in, Lionel, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Um, Friction conditions are caused by multiple different factors. For instance, the kind of rope you're using, the diameter of rope you're using, the size of bollard you're using, the kind of bollard you're using. Is it an old school bollard with a unique shape and some weird tabs on it that work but are different? Or is it a more modernized polished bollard? Is it a mechanical bollard like a GRCS? Is it a, um, you know, are you just wrapping rope around the trunk of a tree? Uh, there's all kinds of things that cause friction. What kind of crotching are you using? Are you using um, real, like, natural crotches? Or are you using false crotches? And then also with that, what is the breakover radius approximately of the crotch? What kind of bark does it have? What kind of tree is it? Um, you know, there, is it a very narrow, tight crotch? Or is it really open and kind of wide and, you know, all of that plays into friction, right? So there are ways to make it more feasible for the groundsman to learn and understand how the the rope is controlled. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it, man. I I appreciate your support a lot. Um, And there's all kinds of things that the climber and professional, the experienced person can do to help them and um we'll talk about that a little bit later in this episode but they the rope handler needs to know how to read approximate frictions of what's in the system so um, how many wraps do they need how many wraps do they not need because all of that can really make a precarious situation if not handled right so that's something to think about um we mentioned the kind of rope you use so what's the structure of the rope is it a really tight woven um kind of slick in the hand hard you know static rope or is it more dynamic does it have um a little bit softer feel in the hand does it flatten out easier does it have more friction in in situations does it pick real bad which i mean you probably shouldn't be using as a rigging rope anyway but if it's a one-time drop for instance and that's the only rope you have do they know how to read what's going on with this stuff i mean granted let's face it all of us would love to say that we only use the approved and best equipment for the rigging that we did every time we've ever rigged in our life but would we be honest in saying that Most likely not. There's been some situation where you thought you probably didn't need your rigging. Maybe you didn't even bring rigging equipment and all you have is an old climb line and you're throwing it, but can your rope handler really read what you're about to do and how that's going to affect what he's got to do on the ground? So they need to understand how ropes and their structures affect what they're about to do. Um, Do they know how to like flake rope or snake rope or coil rope? In a way that keeps it from tangling too bad, or are they very uncareful with their rope? Um, Once again, if they can't organize rope, they probably shouldn't be your rope handler and your your rigging guy. I mean, that just you're setting. If if they fail because of their lack of ability, and you know they have that lack of ability, you're the one that failed, not them, because you should have never let them be in that position to begin with. That's part of your responsibility as a professional. Um, I've worked with climbers and I've seen small company operators who knew they had a guy that was not qualified and they put him on the ropes and something goes wrong and then they want to blame him. Honestly, it's not his fault. It's the owner's fault. It's your fault. You knew he didn't have those qualifications and yet you still chose to use him. That's your bad. So don't blame them for that when you know they don't have the qualifications for that. So... Once again, can they do what they need to? And if they can't, you don't need them rigging. There's a couple of things that a rope handler never, ever, ever wants to do. One, he never wants to tie off the rope to a um, porter wrap a trunk put a stop knot in it or anything like that unless he is told to do so uh that's just waiting for disaster and he never wants to forget to mention to the climber or bucket operator that for some reason he had to put some stopper knot or something and ask if it's okay <coughs> it becomes very problematic I've dropped a couple of pieces with people before and they didn't tell me they put a stopper knot in it because they were doing something and I dropped it and I thought I was gonna come out of the tree. And that's not great. That's an awful feeling if you've ever been in the tree and that's happened. So they always want to make sure they don't they never lock off anything unless it's approved by the climber or bucket operator and that they know about it. They never want to wrap the rope around their hands. That is an awful, awful thing. I know a lot of first-timers, the, one, the thing they want to do is get a better grip on that rope. So what do they do? Wrap it around their hand and then they want to yank on it. Well, first off, it's a good way to lose a hand. Second off, it doesn't let the rope run freely. So they never want to do that. They want to make sure they have gloves that work well, that allow them to get a good grip and yank, but also will run through smoothly. And third I don't care how tough the guy is Um, I don't care if his hands look like he has been a blacksmith his whole life and worked without gloves I'm not gonna let him run ropes without gloves Uh, you know it it just takes the right kind of situation to really really cause serious damage to somebody's hands so um, you know it's it's not something that you want to do and take lightly you don't ever want to wrap rope around your hands and you never want to run rope, especially with big chunks or anything like that without gloves. My, my policy is it doesn't matter how big or small the rope is, or, I mean, the pieces that I'm roping down, if you're going to be on the ropes, you're going to wear gloves. So don't let them run without now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you interested in small businesses? My name is David C. Barnett, and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses, and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week, I create a new podcast which answers one of your questions, and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's Small Business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around. Here's a don't for the climbers and the bucket operators out there. So part of this whole thing is that bucket operators and um, the climbers, you guys, we, have a huge responsibility to make sure that they're prepared for what we're doing as rope handlers. So if they are new, we don't want to overload them. We don't want to be taking a four foot, you know, diameter stub that's 20 foot long or 15 foot long or 10 foot long and chunking it at them. I don't care how pressured you are in your work. Um, it only takes one injury, one major accident and one death to lose all the profit you thought you were making up by trying to push big chunks on somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So it's your responsibility to make sure that you are uh, sending them pieces that they can manage and get them used to the system you have set up. If it's ever changing, well you might just have to take smaller pieces the whole time. Like If you're doing a lot of natural crotch rigging all over a tree, it's going to start changing every time the crotch diameter changes or the how narrow it is or wide it is starts to change, um, the angles, all that kind of stuff. So don't be just lobbing huge chunks of wood at them without them being prepared for it, okay? Also, um, if you get them up to speed with certain things, don't instantly throw in some dynamic change that they're not expecting, especially when they're starting out. Because that can really throw them off. So you, as the professional, have to understand what's within reasonable limits for them. So don't don't just expect them to pick up the slack on everything. Um, I've, I've seen a few guys manage the wood that came down, but they ended up pulling their back or something because something was thrown at them. They didn't have the experience. They didn't put an extra wrap on. They had been running with one wrap or half a wrap like the whole morning and then they throw off a big chunk and all of a sudden it really yanks on them and it can mess them up. Communicate. Always make sure that your rope handler can communicate with you and rope handlers. Make sure that you're communicating with whoever's at height. Bucket operator or climber Make sure that you have regular communication with them and that you can hear them. You understand. Don't, if you miss hear something, you're not quite sure you caught it. Don't just play it off like you got it. Make sure you ask again, even if it irritates them. And it does irritate sometimes. Like sometimes I'm in awkward positions up there in the tree, awkward, awkward positions. And all I want to do is get this branch off or this stub off or whatever, and I've already said it and I feel like you should have heard it and then you didn't hear it and you asked me again it can be irritating I'm, I'm uncomfortable my hips hurt my legs hurt I my arms are fatiguing whatever um, but do not do not let that irritated voice stop you from asking what it is that you need to know to be safe remember as a rope handler you may not really gra- grasp this at first, but the reality of it is is that your life and the life of the climber or bucket operator could be in your hands. By not understanding something, you could cause a situation that is much worse than somebody being irritated at you. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. But you need to make sure that you got it. So don't, don't ever drop out of communication with whoever's at heights. And don't let him just randomly ask him to stop. Hey man, I I know you're in a rush, but I need to know what you're doing. Especially if you can't see. Um, I always try to give basic steps of what I'm doing to the guy on the ground. So that even though I don't explain every detail, he can see what's happening next. And that goes to everything from... Hey, um, I'm about to put the face cut in, but I haven't tied the rope on yet, so don't do anything. I'm going to tie the rope in next. I need this slack. It just saves time, and it makes it safer. So definitely, this is a two-part thing. That's why I said, if you're new to being a groundy and rope running, this episode is for you. But if you're a climber or a bucket operator, this episode is for you. It, It takes two to make a good rope man. Now with time, they'll be able to read a climber and a bucket operator and his way, his mode of working better, and it makes it easier. But in the beginning especially, these guys need some help, or ladies. Um, They just need help, right? So don't throw it all on them. Also, so there's natural crotching, pulleys, rings um you know in in small rigging there's carabiners that some people use uh, i'm not saying whether that's right or wrong there's rigging rings there's large blocks there there are small micro pulleys and and rigging pulleys and stuff so all of those are out there for a reason right if you're if you're doing huge ponderosa pines or douglas firs and you're in the Pacific Northwest most likely you're not going to be rigging chunks of that tree down on a micro pulley or at least I would hope not however the thing of it is is that um, a lot of us do certain kinds of trees as a regular basis so maybe you work a lot on ponderosa pines and maybe you're using a four inch block regularly or whatever it might be two inch block or whatever Um, the more you can use a consistent system the better you're going to be training your rope handler Uh, if you use the same kind of block even if you have to replace them but you buy the same brand the same sheave size everything Uh, if you use the same kind of rope the same uh, port wrap or whatever friction device you're going to use that helps them become familiar and they can read situations faster and better more fluidly and it keeps you safe and it keeps them safe once again we all have to swap out things so you have to figure out what works best for you and your company is it rings it might be um we're not going to really get into rings in this episode there there's a whole lot of nuance about rings versus pulleys and things but just know the more consistent you can keep your rigging system the better it is for those who are going to to be rigging for you. So um, keep that in mind. Joe has a really good point. I just can't see the rest of the comment. He's saying that the perception of the tree worker is that they don't need to be professional because it's labor job. But that's, that's totally not true. Hey, Joe, can you put the second half of that comment in another comment? I just can't read. I can't get it to open for some reason, and I'd like to see what else you had to say. This is a profession, guys, and it should be treated as a profession. Um, so, I guess, maybe real quick, what I want to say is that I don't come from just the tree world with rigging. I used to install signs and do stuff from crane rigging, and that's a whole different level. 90-foot, 100-foot installs of like 60 foot wide uh, um, steel and aluminum cabinets with lighting in them that you're trying to manage out of like a crane and two bucket trucks. And rigging is a huge deal with that. Not that rigging isn't a big deal with trees, it is. But it's treated more professionally for some reason in, in those work at height, quote unquote work at height professions versus the tree work side. It's a whole bunch of guys that have just, of picked up a chainsaw is the perception but that's not what it should be professionalism is a huge factor in this and that includes being able to read friction and your your variances being able to understand dynamic loads of geometry and uh, swings and arches and all these kinds of things so get that into your head as a professional right it really can mean the difference between life and death or keeping your business running or not and the the whole rigging pulley versus ring and all that (coughs) they all have their place just make sure that where possible you keep it a basic system that's consistent and you teach your rope handler to watch how the rope is routed for instance coming off the porter wrap if it goes up off the porta wrap but wraps around a big gnarly chunk of bark on like a cottonwood or an oak or something, that's adding friction and could really change the way it all happens. Are they taking care of watching? Did it go, did the tree climber not knowing because he's focused on what he's doing next, did he spin the pulley around the back side of the stem now? Where it was on the front side, and now the rope is making half a twist around the trunk? that's adding extra friction that they need to say, hey, wait, you know, do you want that? Because if so, I've got to adjust my wraps or whatever. So, um, yeah, so Joe says, we need to value ourselves and show the customer and the arborist, or and other arborists with safety and communication. And he's right. Um, you know, I, and I'll tell you, I get a lot of business because of the safety that I take in, in my work. People say, I'll pay extra for you because I you have a reputation of being extra cautious. Um, so I take more time to do the work, but I charge more money to do the work. And I still get work because customers feel confident with you when you're able to do that and when you show a concern for it. So Joe, you're totally right. Thanks for adding to this um, conversation for sure. And um, I don't mean to just keep on rushing on, but it's a lot of info and I don't want to take up everybody's whole night. So um, definitely make sure that they're watching the route of the rope to make it better. The size of bollard for a friction brake changes everything. Um, So make sure that you're not just throwing different things at them quickly. Don't just randomly throw in like a micro or a mini porter wrap when they've been using a large porter wrap the whole time and you want them to take the same size chunks it, it maybe it'll handle it maybe the system won't fail but will they fail if they could so discuss it start off slow when these changes are made smaller pieces and work up from there helping them to really have the ability to get the feel of the ropes and work it out and be positive about how they feel with the ropes and everything in hand. So definitely don't just um, throw it out and, and make this huge change, like going from pulleys to rings all of a sudden, and you expect them to, to manage the ropes the same way. It just doesn't happen. So think about what you're doing and that how that's going to affect the work that you need to do. If you're going to make significant changes rope style, Um, pulleys versus rings or vice versa or different bollard styles for frictions make sure that you start on a job where you have the time allotted to work with that change and get them comfortable maybe even rigging trees that don't potentially need rigging just so they can get familiar with it and you can get familiar with it because it's going to be a balance how much can you take? How much can they handle? Um, how much adjustment can they make to handle what you take? And how much do you have to adjust how much you're taking for them to handle it? It's, it really is a two-part job here with rigging. So never goes to just one person. Um, so also, you wanna make sure that you're communicating not only about what you're about to take and what you expect from them, As the um, rope handler, (laughs) but the rope handler should have the freedom to speak to you about what they experienced when they took that piece. Was it too much for them? Are they maxed out and it's still too much for them? Well, if that's the case, you need to be dropping smaller pieces or change something in the system. You're the professional ones again. If you're in the tree as a climber, you should know potentially how this is theoretically working to a, a pretty good degree. Um but just make sure that you're working within the constraints of what is possible and what's needed. Um, make sure that you are very slow about reading the tree so that you know exactly what each piece is going to do and how it's going to react from the climber's perspective and then explain what you expect each piece to do before you cut it to the groundy so that they kind of have an idea. Um, It doesn't have to be a long explanation but at least let them know what you're hoping from it. If you're going to help it, if you're going to let it naturally fall or what it might be. It's very, very, very important that that take place. Um, Make sure that everybody... (laughs) that works on the ground is wearing gloves and a helmet okay that's just for me that's minimal work boots as well if you're not on the site with work boots gloves and a helmet you're not running my ropes for sure well if you don't have work boots and gloves you're not going to be on the work site at all and I make all my guys also wear a helmet so that's just me but definitely, you're not going to run ropes for me without those three pieces of PPE. Safety glasses, of course, as well. Um, because lots of debris falls from above. They should be wearing safety glasses. So, keep that in mind. Also, as a climber, or her bucket operator. Make sure that you understand they will make mistakes okay as a new rope handler and even experienced rope handlers they're gonna make mistakes rope handlers as you're working up to being a better rope handler you're gonna make mistakes make sure that you realize that putting too much pressure on yourself is gonna make you a worse rope handler so don't do that but climbers and bucket operators be lenient to a certain level about mistakes and take blame for what you did wrong too. Don't put it all on them. I, I can't stand to work with climbers and bucket operators who they never do anything wrong. They didn't take a piece too big. It was your fault for not handling it. Well, there's some, if it didn't go right, there's some problem. And it needs to be worked out. And oftentimes it's a little bit of both. So, guys on the ground or ladies on the ground, folks on the ground, understand you will make mistakes. But try to eliminate the mistakes you make. People at height understand they will make mistakes. So work as if the ultimate bad situation is going to occur. And work under that so that if something does go wrong, it's going to be less bad for you. Um, so also, be proactive about education. The reason you're in the tree climbing and or in a bucket is probably because you have years of experience. Are you seriously teaching or are you just demanding? See, berating and talking down and being negative doesn't help a rope handler get better. Um, it usually just discourages them and then they get, uh, their morale goes down and then they do worse after that point. So, are you willing to educate them? Because if you're not willing to educate them, you're part of the problem too. If they said they were an experienced rope handler, that's one thing, They, but get rid of them if that's the case and they don't want to learn. But if they're coming up as a groundy and they're learning rope handling, make sure you're willing to teach them. You have to invest the time as well. And then eventually they'll get good enough that you won't have to invest as much time. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Moving is right up there with death and divorce in the Stress Olympics. But fear not, turn that box of woes into a crate of woes with moving tips in the Life Beyond Boxes podcast with Premium Q Moving. Dive into the world of hassle-free moves, learn tips and tricks to save on cash and your sanity. Say goodbye to those moving meltdowns and hello to the smooth sailings, or should we say smooth movings? Tune into Life Beyond Boxes with Premium Q Moving on LifeBeyondBoxes.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform. And with us, unpack the secrets to a stress-free move. Always, always, always be humble. Um, I can't express I can't express this enough. For whatever reason, this industry has always been a cowboy industry. Um, it, so many people are just not humble. They're they're so prideful about being a climber or whatever. I'm I'm glad I'm a climber. Uh, I'm proud of being a climber, but I'm not prideful about it, or at least I try not to be. Um, yeah, I have unique abilities, maybe that many of my clients say I would never do that. Okay. But you know what? I'd never be a stock market exchange guy either. Um, So we all just have different abilities, but being prideful as a climber or a bucket operator discourages the groundies and rope handlers from communicating openly with us. And being prideful as a rope handler puts the climber and bucket operator and others in danger. There is no place for pride in an arrogant way on the job site be happy and proud of what you do just don't be a proud person so ask questions once again if you don't understand something you better ask you'll get fired off my site faster if you don't ask a question then you will if you just ask the dumb question twice right so keep that in mind I, I my life is important to me I want to come home to my wife at night so I'd rather you ask me two or three times because you couldn't hear because the chainsaw or whatever than just make an assumption and put my life at risk. As groundies, be humble, ask questions. As climbers and bucket operators, be humble, be kind, and teach your groundie how to run the ropes. Do not berate them. It doesn't help anything. Also, before you even start working with any kind of rigging at all, make sure you know your work zone, like legitimately know it. So a lot of people say, oh, well, it's clear. I know it. It's good. No. Have you walked all the potential areas where pieces might land or where you are stepping and you have to have friction? Like, is there gravel and you're going to slide when force is put on that rope from a piece coming down? Is there a um, low-lying water runoff in like a three-foot wide section of where you're going to be managing the rope that if a piece drops and you have to grab it, you could have good solid ground and then you hit this one area, it's just mud, and then you just go? Because that could make you totally lose control of the piece coming down really know your work area make sure there's no metal studs or spikes in the ground there's no leftover concrete from previous construction no stumps from old trees that have been cut no loose surfaces like gravel concrete or whatever that you might fall on um know where any of the vent pipes for like leach fields and all that kind of stuff are Know your work area and make sure there's nothing that the rope is going to potentially get caught on either. That's even like little bush trunks and stubs. The rope can totally get wrapped around that and get jammed and that's not cool. So make sure that you're not um, just taking for granted because it looks like a clear work zone. Make sure you actually walk to anywhere you potentially might be or your rope might be and you can see what's going on with it. I think it's good to reiterate once again that as a bucket and climber, a bucket operator and a climber, make an experienced rope man or rope person, rope handler, whatever. How do you do that? Well, training them. Start off with what's in within their abilities. Start off with situations where you can actually take a few minutes and train them. If it's a simple job, it doesn't need rigging. Do some rigging and teach them on simple jobs when you have the time and it's not going to kill the bank. Don't wait until the absolute most important job to have rigging done and then you just throw them out there, right? You and I as bucket operators and climbers have the responsibility to make experienced rope handlers. So don't forget that. Rope handlers, if you want to be an experienced rope handler, you better ask questions and you better learn when we tell you. That's just how it is. If you can't get it through your head, then maybe it's not the job for you. Or if you're not willing to listen, then it's not the job for you for sure. You've got to learn from those who have experience. Um, once again, starting with a consistent system is awesome. And I mentioned it in my last episode about groundies, but I'll mention it again. If you're going to go into rope handling as a profession, as a groundie, that does rope handling for tree rigging take some of the initiative watch some qualified videos not crazy jokers dropping big pieces with dumb systems but watch some qualified videos and make sure that you are learning what the components are in a rigging system do you name do you know the names and the types of different rope you're using at least do you know what kind of components and what their names are what their load limits, working load limit, maximum break strengths, and all that are, you better. It helps a lot, so keep that in mind. Um, it's part of your responsibility as well. One of the things I can't stand is having to tell the same guy who's worked with me for a month, yeah it's that piece that's this color in that side of the toolbox. By that point you should know what an ISC pulley on an Ultra Sling or a Soft Eye Sling is. We've, we've used it 50 times easily. So make sure that you're learning the names of these components. It keeps frustration down, and it makes it look to the climber and bucket operator that you're being proactive, and therefore it makes you a valuable person and worth training. Um, one of the things that I think it, it's a bit harder for groundies to learn sometimes is what they need to miss. Why we're rigging. Um, I've found that when you explain to people, at least briefly, why you're rigging when it seems like, why are we rigging? Uh, they tend to take more pride in the rigging effort. So, keep that in mind. So, if there's a leech field, if there's fragile plants, or if there's anything like that, explain that. Make sure they understand it. And it makes them more invested in doing it in a good way so that's a lot of information I I went over it super briefly I think it's valuable for a lot of people I think that a lot of rope handlers by listening I should say I think that a lot of groundies by listening to this podcast can like have a step up for being rope handlers and I think that a lot of climbers and bucket operators can have a more positive experience with the rope handlers that they put into position or higher by listening to this podcast. It's not because I have the solutions to everything, but these are simple principles that go into building effective, efficient, and competent workforces in the arborist industry. So take the time, listen to the whole episode. If you're just now coming on or whatever, um, I really appreciate all the support. I didn't know how many people I'd have watching. I've had quite a few. I'll probably be doing more live videos in the future, especially if work keeps going like it is. It's kind of hit and miss right now. We're, we're not under um, <coughs> shelter-in-place laws yet. We might be soon. Um, once again, my cough is just allergies. I've had it for like three weeks, and I get it every time this year. As somebody on Instagram said, who in the world decided to put COVID-19 and um, allergies in the same month? They don't know whether to go buy Zyrtec or turn themselves into the CDC, which is a very real uh, feeling. So we're all, gonna, we're all going to try to be safe, of course, with this virus and stuff that's going on. But we also, after all this is done, we want to be safe at the job site. We want to be proving ourselves as competent and professional arborists to our clients and one of the ways to do that is to have an efficient crew and people who are responsible running ropes for us so thanks guys for stopping by i really appreciate it if you didn't get the whole episode you can watch the replay of this video or you can also down uh download it from Elevated Office uh, podcast. You can get it on any of your podcast distribution sites or at anchor.fm I I have to give a huge shout out also to Gap Arborist Supply Uh, That's GapArboristSupply.com if you're not in Gap, Pennsylvania Uh, Ray and Kyle know their stuff. They have good suggestions They're willing to work hard to find what you need and they are supporting me and I'm really glad because it's the pricing of some of the more well-known sites. It's the same or better shipping. It's uh, they give you free shipping on any order, free two-day on one hundred dollars or more, and they have really competitive prices. And it's a small company. If you want to support small business, check out GapArborSupply.com without a doubt. They've been super stellar. This is their hashtag off the hinge. So um, go check that out on Instagram and Facebook as well. They have a Facebook page. I think I'm not actually on that. And I I love you guys' support. It's awesome. Um, I've sent out some stickers. Depending on how work goes, I'll be sending out more stickers for you guys as well. I just have to kind of tighten down a little bit to see what's going to happen here and see if all my jobs pan out and that kind of stuff. So thanks. I hope that everybody's not only healthy but being safe at the site. Uh, With your jobs, I hope you all continue to have work and um, that it's not this whole thing isn't affecting you too, too much. Um, I would like to know for those of you out there listening, what is going on with you? Uh, Comment and let me know. I'll I'll probably be putting that in a different podcast because one of the podcasts I'm probably going to do in the near future is about keeping your tree service company profitable and active in these crazy times and see what i can suggest so any of your guys suggestions as to how you're making that happen would be great i really appreciate it makes this podcast so much more lively i want to thank you all for your comments and for the likes please don't forget to smash that like button also if you can please share this with other groups and other people that you think might find it interesting so thanks everybody and i will see you in the next one